Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. We're talking about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. This is lesson number two. But just in quick review, if uh, you didn't hear lesson number one, all three members of the Godhead are involved in the redemption of mankind. God the Father had his part to play in it. And then he passed the baton to God the Son. And the Son came to the earth and he had his part to play in it. And then he passed the baton over to the Holy Ghost. Remember, Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember that? That was his work. Because when Jesus finished his work, he said, look, into your hands I commend my spirit. In other words, you've got to do something. And that was what he did. The Holy Ghost, by the glory of the Father, raised him up from the dead. And by the eternal spirit, he took his blood to the high court of heaven and offered it upon the mercy seat. Praise God, obtaining eternal redemption for us. Thank God for that. But then we understood this. The Holy Ghost, after he did that, came to the earth on the day of Pentecost and then passed the baton to every one of us. Anyone that would call upon the name of Jesus would be saved by the power of the Holy Spirit, recreating our spirits. And then it's up to us to do what? Preach the gospel to every creature. Let them know that Jesus saves, that Jesus heals, that Jesus delivers, that Jesus makes whole. He sets the captives free. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up all their wounds. And those that are bruised or bleeding, he heals them up. And so, the Spirit is the divine agent at work in the earth. In the earth right now. He, the third person of deity, is at work in the earth. This is his dispensation. And he is here to, number one, convince the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And notice, sin, Jesus said, because they don't believe on me. That's the only sin that's going to send somebody into the dark regions of the dam. Did you know that? If you don't believe on Jesus, you'll be lost forever. And then he said of righteousness, because I go to the Father. In other words, when I finished my work, my work was sufficient to go to the Father and offer my blood. And when I did, it made righteousness available to all mankind. Man could never be in right standing with God without the work of Jesus Christ, his finished work. And so thank God, because of his finished work, we can get before the throne of God and become righteous. Right standing with God. So righteousness because of his going to the Father. But then he said of judgment too, and this is so important and powerful. Because the prince of this world, who's the prince of this world? Satan is, has been judged. You realize that anybody who follows him will follow him all the way to eternal damnation. Did you know that? He's been judged already. So you already know his outcome. There is no redemption. There is no salvation for him. So anybody who follows him on this earth will follow him all the way into the lake of fire forever. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Then look at Mark's Gospel, chapter 3, and this is so important when it comes to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme, which means to speak against the Holy Ghost, hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Would you call that a powerful verse of scripture? 
Do you remember the verse we talked about in Isaiah chapter 66? And he said that God is going to live in, the, in, in people who have a contrite heart and humble spirit. Humble spirit, contrite heart, and tremble at his word. That word should make us tremble. Because he's saying anyone who speaks against the work of the Holy Spirit is in danger of eternal damnation. So he said, you can speak against the Father, you can speak against Jesus, but if you here on earth speak against the Holy Ghost who's at work in the earth right now, you're in danger of eternal separation from God. What an important verse to know and understand. Now, there's a twofold work of the Holy Ghost in the life of the believer, and it's important to understand this. The first one is the new birth. In John's Gospel, chapter 4 and verse 14, notice what it says. He's talking to the woman at the well, and he says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Where is it going to be found? In him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. Now notice also in John 20, this is dealing with the inward part of a man. Your inward part, my inward part, the hidden man of the heart, the spirit of man. This is after his resurrection. Then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, uh, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said so, when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. In other words, eternity is hanging in the balance for these people. And notice he breathed on them the Holy Ghost. This is dealing with the sin. I believe that's where the church began. Right there, when he breathed on them, they were born again. Because on the day of Pentecost was not the birth of the church. That was when they got filled with the Holy Ghost and power. This is their being saved by the grace of God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Who breathed on them the spirit in the new birth. And so now these who were in darkness, in sin, in trespasses, have now been made alive or quickened with Jesus. So now they've passed from death to life and their spirit is born again or regenerated. Look at Titus, the book of Titus and chapter 3. Regeneration takes place. A tremendous work. The greatest work of God is take a sin-sick soul out of the miry clay and recreate it. And give it the life of God. That's the new birth. Anyone who's born again of the Spirit has the life of God in them. But after that the kindness of, and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to his mercy he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Notice the work of the Holy Ghost. Which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified by his grace. We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And there are many other verses, but notice it's talking about this work of the Holy Spirit in the earth today. is to save the lost and the sin-sick soul. To bring them up out of the miry clay. To give them a right standing with Almighty God. A new creation that never before existed on the inside. Death being removed, life being placed in. 
That is a major work, the major work of the Holy Ghost. But remember the verse that says, don't speak against the Spirit. You speak against the Holy Ghost, you blaspheme the Spirit, you're endangering yourself. Look at the next part. We're talking about the Spirit, a uh, twofold work in a new birth, but also notice the Spirit baptism. Here in John's Gospel, chapter 7, we have Jesus speaking once again. In that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers. Notice the difference between a well and rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit that they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So here we have John telling us that Jesus said, once you get saved, receive the Holy Ghost. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the well turns into rivers. If you want water, I mean, well has some, but a river has a whole lot more. And there's a whole lot more power in a river. The rivers of living water on the inside of a believer making a big difference in his or her life. Look in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. We're talking about rivers of living water, the second work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, which many, many never, never enter into. And if, even if they have entered into it, for some reason, they take it lightly. You see, in the new birth, you became the temple of God. But in the baptism, the glory that we see manifested in the temple fills and floods the individual, fills the place, the glory of God. So in the spirit baptism, the Shekinah glory enters into that newly born again temple of the Most High God. Look at what it says. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be. And Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you. Now he said, here, when the Holy Ghost comes on you, you shall be. See, I'll make you. And now he's making him right there. Be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. Notice this work of the Holy Spirit is a work of power. The power of God in manifestation in the life of the believer. We can operate in our own strength and ability, or we can operate in the strength, the power, and the ability of Almighty God. There is an addition to the power of God in the life of the believer who is filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, you'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance, and the devil likes to point that out to people to make them shy or gun shy and stay away from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? Don't listen to the devil. Read through your Bible. Find out what it says. When the power of God hits you and comes into you and fills you to overflowing, when you're saved, there's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. When you're spirit-filled, praise God, there's other tongues that begin to flow out like a mighty river through your life. And so you see, there's, a, there's an important thing to understand. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you receive a prayer language that will help you like a generator, generate miracle-working power in your life. An unction to function, to carry out the purpose of the will of God. To do what you cannot do beyond your own personal strength. St power beyond human scope. You realize how many people, back in the days gone by, uh, spiritualists and, and, and just different from different understandings of religious traditions and all that. In order for them to have courage, they would kill a lion and drink its blood. Don't like that, Aaron? That doesn't sound good at all, does it? 
And they actually believed that if, if they would either, for example, a warrior that was strong and mighty, they would drink the blood of that person. Cannibalism and the same thing. That they believed that they're entering, re receiving into themselves strength, power, and ability by drinking in of these, whether it's an animal or whatever. This goes to show you just how human beings want and long for power, right? Guess what Jesus said? Eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the Holy Ghost, receive him, he'll come on you. And you'll receive power beyond human scope. A power, praise God, that transcends all other human powers and abilities. Can you imagine that being offered to every child of God, and then people just turning away from it and saying, I don't really need that? Jesus didn't do one thing without being anointed with power from on high. Everything that he did, he did empowered by the Spirit of God. We can either act in our own strength or act in our own ability. Or we can act in his strength, in his ability. And that's why the Holy Ghost who is at work right now on the earth today is seeking for those whose hearts are open to receiving the fullness of his power in their lives. I remember when I got filled with the Holy Ghost and it was quite an event. You've heard me talk about it numerous times. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Holy Ghost fire came into me, Aaron, and just flooded my soul. I began to speak out with other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave me utterance. I didn't know what to do with it, so I went home and just used it. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed in the Holy Ghost. And I kept on praying, and praying, and praying in the Holy Ghost. And then you kind of think, well, what's all this about? What's this going to do for me? All I'm doing is praying in the Holy Ghost, this language I don't understand. Didn't have any understanding of it, no revelation of it, no teaching from the Bible on it. All I knew is I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave me utterance, and I felt good about it. And so I just kept on doing it, and 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 doing it. Just generating miracle, working power, but not really realizing it. Just like a generator generating power. And one day, um, I was teaching a Bible study in my father's basement. My father recorded it and took it to the local pastor down the street. At Christian Assembly Church, by the way, south side of Youngstown. And he played it for the pastor. And the pastor got a hold of me and just said, hey, I uh, listened to your tape. I listened to your teaching. And I, I sense an anointing of God that's upon that. And really, I want you to come and preach a message at my church. And I was just newly saved, just very young. Remember, the guy that shook like this here, okay, in front of people. And so there I was. And I, he said, come and preach at my church. And I thought, okay, there's not too many people in that church. My, my dad's been there before, just a few people that go there, maybe 50, I don't know how many, 50 people, whatever. And I, I said, okay, I'll do that. Well, that Sunday morning when I got there, I, he took me into his office and we prayed and I came out and went into the sanctuary and the sanctuary was packed. Almost all the Anzavinos from Youngstown were in that service. <laughs> Italians around every corner, you just, you don't, you, amazing. Just flooded the place. All these people are just flooding the place. And I'm thinking, and then I sort of had visions of when I was in college and shaking, you know, like this here, just speaking from people. And I thought to myself, why did I commit to doing this? Well, you see, he just, he advertised that I was going to be there and everybody around that knew me and whatever, they just came to, to listen. And so I thought, you think I've preached fast now? You've never heard anything. I broke the, the sound barrier. I was preaching 
a thousand miles an hour every scripture I knew inside outside upside down I started with faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen if you want to know God you got to know him by faith you got to live by faith by faith this world came into being you can't understand this world and I just kept on rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling now you have to understand I'm new to Pentecostal ministry and I'm I don't have a license to preach I'm just a guy down the street just preaching a message and uh, I get done with my message and I thought now what do I do? Pastor's way off on the side over there. I'm thinking, what do I do now? Well, I guess I better ask people if they need prayer. Anybody need prayer? Come up here to the altar. Just come on up here to the altar. I was praying, don't come to the altar. Please don't come to the altar. I don't know what to do. But I thought I better do. You know. So they come around the altar. They kneel down all around the altar like this here. And I thought, well, I guess I said to come and pray. I better go pray. So I walked down over here. This lady, she's the first one over there, and she's on her knees. And I walk over there and looked at her. And I said, you know, what, what do you want God, God to do? And she just reached her hand like that there. And I reached my hand down like that. We never touched each other's hand, but some power picked her up and threw her about 10 feet back. I stood there looking with my eyes real wide like this. And I went, what do you want? She's looking at me like, <laughs> I'm thinking, what was that? What was that? People say, oh, those people that fall under the power, they're just faking it. You can't fake kneeling on the ground and the power just throwing you back. Remember when, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he got arrested and the power of God hit them. He said, I am. And all of them fell down. I'm telling you, this power of God picked that person up and threw her back there. And I went through this whole thing with people just like, whoa, where did this power come from? Praying in the Holy Ghost. You generate miracle working power. You flood your soul, praise God, with this energy of the Holy Spirit. This dunamis, this miracle working power from on high is available to every child of God. We can all be filled with it and do with power from on high. All 120 were. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was. She spoke in tongues. I tell that to some of uh, my Catholic people that I know. They go, what? Yeah, she spoke in tongues. Mary was a Pentecostal, one of the first. You're kidding me. No, read it. And also in Acts chapter 10, the Italians were Pentecostals too. Cornelius' house, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke with other tongues as well. You see, back then it was common. Back then it was natural. It was normal. That was the normal Christianity. You got filled with the Holy Ghost power. Saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then sent about to do the work and the will of God. So, he enables us. And not only did I get filled with this power in this glory of God, then I believe the teaching gift also dropped. Because see, my tongue was a blaze set on fire. That's why, that's why I have so hard for me to slow down. I couldn't slow down. I started speaking, all of a sudden, boom. Just like smoking coming out of my mouth. It was the power of God. You see, who he calls, he equips and anoints to carry out the purpose of his will in the earth. And if we'd be yielded vessels to him, then praise God, he'll use us. He'll use us. When you lay hands on the sick, don't lay an empty hand on the sick. Get yourself filled with Holy Ghost power. Generate miracle working power. Then lay hands on the sick. And watch the power of God flow like a matter of... There's a transfer of power. And uh, it takes, of course, the faith that's uh, being released in the power and faith to receive that power. But a mighty work can take place and be done. Let's look at the fruits real quick and the gifts and maybe we'll take a moment to pray. There are nine characteristics of fruit 
Here is a work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer inwardly when he received the Holy Spirit. Look at the, the book of Galatians chapter 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, notice it's fruit singular, is love. And so love, springing from love, we have these other eight. So there's nine manifestations of the characteristics of the character of God inside every single one of us. So what are they? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. So in other words, when a person gets filled with the, when a person receives salvation, there is the fruit of the Spirit that's imparted to their being. The Bible says in Romans 5.5 5, that, that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. That's one of the first characteristics of a child of God. One who was born again has the love of God just infused into his innermost being. We know we pass from death to life because we want love the brethren. There is a love that transcends all other loves. There is a love for humanity. There's a love for people. There's a love for animals. One preacher said this. He said, I'll tell you what if a person got saved if they loved their animal a whole lot more than they did before. You might be a person who never liked animals, but you get saved, you're going to love animals. That's God's creation. There's a love in your heart that just transcends all other human, a human love or any other kind of love. That's the, that's the test. You love the brethren. A love within your heart that just goes beyond anything you can imagine. But from that love comes joy. Unspeakable, full of glory. Peace that the world doesn't give and the world can't take away. Patience. Kindness, meekness, temperance, and faithfulness. Against there's no law. But all those are the characteristics, nine characteristics of the Holy Ghost inside every single one of us. All we have to do is yield to it. But then look at the power gifts. Look at the next characteristics of the gifts of the Spirit. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning of verse 7. Here is the power of the manifestation of the Spirit manifesting Himself in the believer's life. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to one or two individuals. Okay, Aaron. Um, every man to profit with all. For to one is given the, by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith uh, by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same Spirit, dividing to every man how many? Severally as he will. So now we have the character of God on the inside. Now we have the power of God on the inside. We have the potential to be used in any of these nine manifestations of the Spirit. And why? For every man to profit with all. One time when I came home from Ramah, I was um, preaching at a storefront. It was just a storefront that they turned into like a little church. And they had all these almost chairs that you would use in school. Desks that you sit, sit in school. And as I, I went there to preach. They asked me to preach just a little message. This was at Christmas time between Ramah, coming home for Christmas and then going back for the next part of the school year. And I, I'm standing there. And as I'm standing there, a word of knowledge comes. By one, the, the word of knowledge is a manifestation of the Spirit. And I said, there's somebody here who has a terrible pain in their back and the Lord wants to heal you right now. And this lady jumped up. She walked up to the front. Now you see, we, we have carpet here. Nice soft carpet. That was just nothing but tile on cement. And she walked up. And again, I didn't know what to expect. But I just laid a hand on her like that there. And I don't even know I touched her head. And all of a sudden, she just went straight down. The glasses flew across the, the floor there. Hit hard on the ground. And she jumped up. She said, I'm healed. I'm completely healed. All the pain is gone. 
And you don't hear this stuff until sometimes afterwards. Sometimes you never hear about this stuff. And I hear afterwards that this lady was out on the outside and she looked inside the window thinking, should I go to church in there? I know they're having a church service. Should I go in there? Then she thought, nah, I'm not going to go. I'm going to leave. So she started walking away. Some other couples were coming to church and said, where are you going? Well, I was going to go, but I don't think I'm going to go. She said, come on. God will bless you. Come on. The Lord will bless you. Never been in a church service like that. Ever was she ever in a church service like that. Neither was I. And so when she sat down, she said, oh, but the pain in my back is so bad. It's so bad. Isn't that wonderful to know that God knows our need? He knows what we're going through. And by the Spirit, he communicates that through a word of knowledge. And the word of knowledge is transferred to that person. The statement is made. And all of a sudden, boom, we're to carry on the work of Jesus here upon the earth. And the power of God comes on her. She never got hurt. Her glasses didn't break. But the pain all left. And she was completely made whole, delivered, and set free. You see, the power of God is real. The power of God is here. It's life transforming. Hallelujah. Thank God for the power of God. And it's available to every single one of us. Let me ask you this question. If Jesus needed to be anointed with power from on high, where does that leave you and me? Where does that leave us? We need power from on high as well. Let's just one more section here before we close. Look at this. Um, the work within and the work upon. There's a twofold working of the Spirit as well. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The witness of the Spirit within. There is a witness of the Spirit within the heart. Sometimes people call that inward intuition. When in reality, if you're a born-again spiritual believer, it is a witness of your spirit. The witness, Romans 8, 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There's something on the inside telling you, you are a child of God. You've been born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb. But then look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 16. There's also another work of the Spirit within that's called inward renewings. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed, how often? Day by day. On the inside, renewings of the Spirit take place as we wait upon the Lord. There's a divine exchange of strength, and we get stronger and stronger as we wait upon the Lord. But that's the work of the Spirit within. Look at Romans 8, 14. Divine guidance and direction and leading as we walk through this path, our path of life. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How are we led? By the Spirit of God. The Spirit within will lead us, guide us, and direct us along life's path. There's divine strengthening. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might. How? By his Spirit. Where? In the inward man or the inner man. So the Holy Ghost is on the inside of us wanting to do what? Strengthen us. Look at verse 20. And look, what a powerful verse. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. How? According to the power, the miracle working power of God that worketh in us. It is the Holy Ghost on the inside of us that if we will learn to yield to him, that empowers us, strengthens us to go through life, to, to live through life, to give us direction, to give us leading, to give us guidance. There was an individual who um, wanted to invest his money. And he read Psalm, for example, the book of Psalms, chapter 1 and verse 3, that Psalm that tells us that, um, that whatever you set your hand to do will prosper. Whatever you set your hand to do will prosper. Isn't that a good verse? Whatever you set your hand to do will prosper. So he took that verse and said, I'm going to take my funds, I'm going to invest in a certain thing, and the Holy Ghost said, don't do it. But of course, he dismissed that thinking that, well, this looks pretty good. You know, you could take advice from people, but the best advice comes from God said, don't do it, don't do it. What did he do? He did it and lost all his money. Lost all his money. 
Why? Because he didn't follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. That's what he's been sent here for, to lead us down the right path. There was another individual, actually he was a pastor, and this pastor uh, heard the voice of the Lord as they were getting ready to, to go somewhere. Delay your trip by 10 minutes. Now, if you're a, a man, that's hard to do. If you're a woman, that's a no-brainer. Because you see, women, they want to smell the roses along the way when you're taking a trip. Men, they want to, whatever they say, if Siri says you'll be there at a certain time, you want to be there 10 minutes before that. So men set out to break the record and see to it that I get there before she said you're going to get there, and so on and so forth. So they're setting out, well, this guy didn't listen to the Holy Ghost, who said, delay your trip by 10 minutes. Well, what happened was they got into a terrible car wreck, and he almost lost his wife. And you know what someone would have said? Well, that must have just been, you know, this is, this is, whatever happens, happens. That's what was supposed to happen, I guess. No. No. God said, delay your trip by 10 minutes. People will say, where's God in this? He was in it. Delay your trip by 10 minutes. This person didn't listen to it, and it cost him almost his wife's life. You see, we got to cooperate with the God who's within us and do what he tells us to do. And that's why it's so important, whether in our prayer life, you know, listening to the voice of the Spirit and the things that we're doing, whether in a job, uh, witnessing to people, or whatever, praying for people that are sick and so on. We've got the life of God in us. We've got the power of God on the inside of us. And greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. Amen? You believe that? Can we gather around this altar and pray before we leave to go back to the back building?